Guys, this is going to be a fun one. And here comes Ryan. I feel like the Vikings got confused and thought they were playing for a field goal again. Uh, weren't sure what to do. Game's over, by the way. I think you guys might be a little bit behind. We're st- we are. Game's yeah. over. Uh, the Vikings, you know, you saw the play. They ran the out to the 25. Cleveland calls a timeout. Kirk Cousins tried to throw to the end zone. It's broken up. Game is over. Cleveland wins 14-7. Let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Uh, After the rolling, let's go with the rolling. Here we go. Roll it. Yeah. Do it. Let's get it. Disappointment or glory? Climbing the pocket is here. We're here. All right. We're here. We are live and um, we're not celebrating this week. And um, I guess we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. But uh, Kirk Tober, it was Kirk Tember. Kirk was balling for the through the first three weeks of the season. And I'm not going to start off. I'm not going to come in here and say this loss is on Kirk Cousins. The team, honestly, it seemed like they just played a team that was just better than them in most phases of the game. Um, so, Tyler, let me get your instant reaction to how things went down here. Uh, Vikings started the game hot. It looked like the Vikings might be able to run the Browns out of the gym with the way they started, and then things just went left. What happened, Tyler? Talk to me. What's going on with this game? Why did things go so sideways? How did we lose after such a hot start? See, I mentioned it earlier this week, and I think it's the real epitome of kind of the the context of the overall game. The Browns are just a better version of the Vikings on an overall scale, and I think we saw that. Uh, Baker Mayfield's poor performance was the only reason the Vikings were still in this game because, in reality, they should have been up probably 28-7 to with how many misses and that miscalculations that Baker had. That wheel route, uh, or, or sorry, the out and out from Odell Beckham Jr. should have sealed the game easily. Um, Kirk probably makes that throw. Like, if you were to flip-flop the quarterbacks, the Browns probably cruise. Um, it's it's just a tough loss. It felt like Clint Kubiak had a great uh, opening game script. And then after that, it just kind of fell by the wayside. Didn't feel like they were confident in their offensive line one bit. It also didn't feel like they were confident in Kirk Cousins. The play action game was all, almost non-existent. They didn't really try to get Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney rushing upfield and take advantage of that. Like There were just so many things that they could have done that they didn't. And I think when you kind of combine everything and the, the lack of time of possession for the offense where the defense was just tired um, at the first couple of those scoring drives, it added up and we have a loss. Yeah, so talk to me about that because that's something that like we talked about quite a bit in the group chat. You saw it all over the timeline from Vikings fans. But it did feel in many ways like Baker Mayfield was our best player on defense today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Baker was awful in this game. And it felt like at many points uh, throughout the afternoon that like if Baker was just playing okay, the Browns run us out of the gym. And so Mm -hmm. like, as you're evaluating this performance, like it's going to look like in the score sheet, 
not an awful performance from the Vikings defense. Are we really taking it as that, or like, or, or are we still maybe feeling like we we still have a lot of work to do with things, even though this ended up being a relatively low scoring game? I think we still have a lot of work to do. That uh, a good performance from a capable quarterback that runs us out of the gym, and that Baker just misfired on too many passes. That he has never had chemistry with Odell Beckham Jr. The three years they played together, and it was evident even more in this game than it has been in the past. Like if Baker hits a couple throws, the whole complexity of the game changes. Baker uh, on the, I think it was a third down in the third quarter. He had Demetric Felton wide open in the flat for an easy first down, but he waited and he decided he wanted to run. And then Daniel Hunter was in his face. Like you have to make that throw. And we saw time and time again Baker Mayfield either making the wrong read or making the right read and just playing it poorly. And that was the reason the Vikings were still in the game. Um, Mary, the defense did do a good job overall, but they could have been exploited. And because the quarterback on the other side was not playing well, they weren't exploited. So it kind of feels like a, I, I don't know the, the right word, but it, the Vikings defense was not nearly as good as they appeared because the Browns couldn't take advantage. David, as you're looking at this, the Vikings start off blazing hot. Did you notice anything in, as far as adjustments or anything the Browns were doing differently after that kind of initial series where it looked like Kirk could do whatever he wanted? Jefferson was feasting. You know, they get pushed back. They still score a touchdown. And it just looked at that point like, yeah, the Vikings offense was going to keep rolling like we've been seeing them do. Uh, and then things just went a different direction. Did you notice anything differently? What was it that the Browns were doing? Because in many ways, it looked, it felt like they were selling out to stop the run, which maybe you would think would open up our pass game, but that didn't really happen. So what were you seeing? No, when you were on that second games? drive, they opened up. Um, they started blitzing a lot more to put Kirk under pressure, and that threw all the timing off. Nothing tracked. You know, from there on in, it's like the old VCR with the boop, 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 right? <laughs> it just didn't, from that point on, it didn't sink. And it was to get him under a lot of pressure. The offensive line today regressed. Um, O'Neill gave up his first sack. You had uh, another um, illegal motion by, what was it, Udo? Um, Udo or Cleveland, I think it was Udo. And it's just, they did not look good. And then on that last drive, as Tyler and I were watching, Hill just got trucked. Absolutely trucked. And you can't do that. And and that was, that was the difference on the Cleveland defensive side. They found something that works. And if they found it worked, guess what? Every team from now on is going to be doing the same thing. I think that's a great question, though. So Mary is asking, did Cousins play poorly or did the Browns defense just play that much better after kind of figuring out maybe what the Vikings plan for attacking them was going to be? Tyler, I guess, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know oftentimes we end up like, you know, Kirk's the quarterback. He spent a lot of time, probably too much time talking about the QB and wins and losses. But, you know, he cooled off in this game. And there were some plays that he could have made, but there were also some plays that he made that, you know, receivers either didn't come down with it. He might have been let down by players, uh, by like Thielen and others. So 
I guess when you're kind of thinking about this, and I know you haven't gone back to watch it, how are you feeling about this performance from Kirk Cousins? Do you feel like he did his job and was let down by the people around him? Or do you think that he didn't do enough? Well, let's borrow a a little bit from our friends at Purple Purple Daily. Let's do a real quick pie chart of blame. Like, I (laughs) I think everything that you talked about, Jason, kind of everybody who's to blame, it all intermingles together and it blends well. So I put about 20% in this game on Kirk Cousins. I think he could have done more. I think yeah, he missed KJ Osborne wide open wide. with little to no pressure. It's at, obviously we don't know the play call. We don't know the checks, but he should know that that's coming and that's inexcusable. Um, I put about a 20% on the offensive line. Like they were outmatched by two incredible edge rushers. Clowney doesn't put up the sack numbers, but he wreaks havoc. And wreaking havoc is sometimes just as important when you're getting pressures, when you're forcing things inside or outside, depending on what the defense wants you to do. It's just as important as getting sacks. And then 60%, I'm putting it on Clint Kubiak. Um, I really thought he, I really thought he called a poor game outside of that first drive. I thought he didn't show any kind of confidence in Cousins. They weren't compensating for the fact that Garrett and Clowney were rushing up field all day. They weren't trying to run any kind of boot action. They weren't trying to run like a, some draw plays to stop that. It, it just felt like it was a poorly coached game on the Minnesota Vikings side. And because of that, like Kirk Cousins had a poor game, but he also didn't have any confidence in the play calling to allow him to utilize some of the things he's been really good at so far this year. Kirk Cousins is a top five to top 10 deep ball thrower in the National Football League. And he, there were what? two deep shots and one of them was just a great play by greedy Williams for that interception late. Like you got to take more shots than that. You have to have faith in your quarterback who realistically could have this team at three and all if it weren't, if a couple plays went differently, like it, it was just poor structurally from the top down and it was just a rough game. So how many games is that then Dave? I, I got to ask you, cause I know that you often uh, end up being, characterized fairly or unfairly as the defender of Mike Zimmer when yes. when everyone wants to to get him up out of here you've often been the one that's come to his defense uh, come to his defense and so I, I'm curious from your perspective how many games this season is the first thing we're talking about after the game how unprepared outcoached um, you know poor game plan etc all those things that go into preparation that like mm-hmm. I mean, you think would be the mark of a well-coached team. How many games out of the four that we've played so far would you say, would you put primarily on coaching versus maybe the players or the execution? Oh, ah. they go together. It's not, you got, you've got to be able to inspire. You've got to be able to, uh, coach your players to be disciplined. You've got to be able to get people on the right page when they're not on the right page. That has failed um, too often. They've got too much talent to be one and three. So it's ultimately it goes down on Zimmer. Zimmer's going to lose his job at the end of the season unless there's some sort of miraculous turnaround and they get into the playoffs and make a run. Yeah, the next two games might be quasi more simple, 
but it doesn't get any easier after that. Then we go into the gauntlet stage of the schedule. And I don't think we're going to see much much improvement. Vegas had the odds on the Vikings at eight to win 8.3 games going into this week. I'll bet that drops after today. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's on Zimmer. Okay. I, I could feel your pain as, as, as those words were coming <laughs> to your mouth, kind of talking about it. I can feel it. But we got folks in the comments here talking about a lot of the things that, that Tyler is talking about. And so, Tyler, I'm going to swing it back to you because I'm curious to get your, your thoughts on this. There's a lot of things that the Vikings could do to make life easy for Kirk Cousins. Like, mm-hmm. in many ways, they've gone to a quick passing game that has helped and enabled Kirk to you know, start the season very hot. But the trade-off from that seems to be that they're going away from a lot of the easy buttons on offense, where mm-hmm. they're not doing as much, they're not rolling out as often, they're not doing as much play action as they've done in the past, they're not moving the pocket as much as they, as, as they used to, and, and you saw Cleveland with a quarterback that is clearly not as good as Kirk Cousins doing all of those things to make the game easy, easier for Baker. A lot of screens. A lot of moving the pocket, a lot of play action, a lot of misdirection, some RPO. They were doing all the things to make the game as easy as possible for Baker. Where do you think it is for the Vikings to find that that balance where, yes, maybe the offensive line, maybe we were fooled, maybe we were tricked to think the offensive line is actually better than it was. So we've been throwing quick to kind of lessen the pressure on the offensive line. Is it that the O-line just isn't even good enough to run some of those concepts that we've been familiar with? Like, was it that the Vikings were just scared that they would get blown up if they tried to do some of those boots or those nakeds or some of those other things? David, you're shaking your head, so maybe you jump in. What do you think? No, no, what no, do you no, think? No. It's not – the quality of the offensive line is better this year than it was last year. It's not mm-hmm. the offensive line that's withholding those types of play calling. That's Clint. I don't know what if if Zim's in his ear, which I sort of doubt. I don't think Zim gets in his ear that much. I think that's Clint making boneheaded rookie mistakes on his part and not maximizing it. Maybe they're not seeing some sort of tell that tells them, hey, we need to go with this. But they're not making the, the right choice of, well, shit, this isn't working. Let's try mm-hmm. something different, right, which most people will do. If something's not working, they go in a different route. We don't see that here. And I don't put it on the offensive line because the offensive line, for the most part, up until moments of today, has performed well. So I'm going to challenge no. you a bit there, Dave. What's the difference? So, so, like, the Vikings get behind. What's the different thing with the way this Vikings team is constructed? What's the different thing that we want to see from them? Because we know they can't just drop back and pass and pass protect. Like, we know they won't hold up in those situations. We watched it again today where once the Browns knew the Vikings had to pass, the pocket was collapsing around Kirk Cousins. Yeah, because they were rushing, keeping at least one one man per one blocker. There was no no walling. There was no doubles. There was no chips. There was none of that. Um, So if your offensive line is outmatched almost man for man across the board, what are the things, and I'm asking honestly, like what are the things we want to see from the Vikings schematically to maybe help their offensive line when, yeah, you're just facing better players on the other side. You want no, that, Dave, go ahead. You want more run play actions to get the line moving sideways 
and you want more deep shots to pull guys out of the box and make them think twice about putting so many people up front there to go man-on-man to give your offensive line a better numeral, um, better odds, you know, blocking-wise. They didn't do either of those. I mean, Freddie, as much as I'd love to, like, you know, always let the Vikings off the hook and say it's the refs, I mean, you can't be giving up 20-plus yards on draw plays when the Browns are trying to give up and give you back the ball and then blame it on the refs. I mean, come on. Like, the Vikings just didn't play well enough to win this game, in part because they were playing a team that seems to be pretty good. You know, like, the Browns, they hung with Kansas City. And, like Tyler said, they seem to be, in many ways, a better version of what, like, Zim would actually want this Vikings team to be. We're built a bit differently. The Vikings are built to be a passing team based on what we have on the outside versus where the Browns are right now. But the Browns seem to be what everything Zim would want in terms of offensive line, two-headed monster running the football, ball control, you know, quarterback that's not really being asked to do all that much, great defense. Like, that seems like a Zimmer football team right there. They just might they might just be better than us. And with that said, we still had chances to win the game. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, exactly. The Browns are just a better version of the Vikings. And I think, you know, one of the reasons I gave Clint Kubiak the 60% uh, of the blame for the loss is some of the things that we kind of talked about. There were Where were the adjustments? We had uh, a consistent pass rush. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney ate the lunch of our tackles. Brian O'Neill allowed his first sack of the year. And even so, he was getting pushed back. Uh, he wasn't able to be perfect. It was a war for him uh, against the defensive ends of Cleveland. Tack McKinley has had a career renaissance there as kind of their third guy. There wasn't really a ton of interior pressure. Kirk didn't either didn't feel comfortable stepping up in the pocket or he felt forced to bail. And there weren't really many adjustments. There was a play at the end of the game where Tyler Conklin was one-on-one against Miles Garrett. That's... You can't have that happen. You you can't allow a tight end who was a fifth-round pick four years ago to match up one-on-one against arguably the best pass rusher in the National Football League. Luckily, it didn't end up hurting us. Well, it, it kind of did because he held. But, that, but he didn't get the sack. I mean, he yeah. literally held there it. Were, he, he, he didn't murder our quarterback, adjustment. but, I mean, it was a holding play. <laughs> Penalty hey, negated a, if a, I'm the quarterback, I'm thanking him for that. That's yeah, but that's the thing. There were there were no adjustments. They didn't account for that. You know, hey, maybe run some read option. Let Jadavian Clowney absolutely um, just sprint right at the football, and then have Kirk take it for ten yards. Do a couple of those. Get them thinking because if you have them thinking about what they could possibly see, and then instead of reacting, they're just thinking about what they need to be looking for. That's when you can take advantage of stuff and that split second when you're a quarterback in the nfl can mean all the difference of completing a pass getting sacked having the ball batted down a lack of adjustments and kubiak just showed that he is a rookie play caller and outside of that first drive it was a rough go for him in the offense and they need to find a a way to balance out some of the things that his dad did and some of the things that he wants to do Mm -hmm. And try to try to integrate it because there's a reason why his dad is a multiple time Super Bowl champion as both a head coach and an offensive coordinator. Yet he was a brilliant mind when it came to the wide zone. And then Clint obviously wants to kind of take this to the next level. He's he he can't be a John D. Filippo. You have to run a good offense. And he can't just always be flashy. 
Right. That's and for you, Matt. I mean, you got to run a mix, and it's it just didn't happen. Now, I wanted to show you. Tyler talked about uh, wide receiver being wide open earlier. I snagged the image. This was taken by our very own Tanishka, and uh, she was in the stands. Look at there on the left. It looks like he was, hand, he was thinking about it. With his hand yeah. in the air. Kirk Cousins is either looking at him or looking a bit a little left. But there's Osborne. And who's behind him all the way to the goal? Only the referee. Let I mean, with that thinking. said, with that said, I mean, that is a misplay. A I miss. think the bigger point that I think that we, we, we do need to go through, like I just saw a stat come up that said that on 22 of the dropbacks today, Kirk Cousins was, was under pressure. Like, that's insanity. 22 like, you can't out win of, like that. That's like, a lot, but how, out of how many? I mean, does, does it, I mean, that seems like well, more than half. Percentage-wise. At least. Oh, he, he, I mean, he didn't rush the ball at all. How many? Uh, he took, what, three sacks, and then he threw the ball 36 times? Is that right? Um, yeah, that that feels right. Let me get the stat. Okay. Let me get the stat. JR just shared it with me. Yeah, the Browns finished with 22 QB pressures. 16 of those came when the Browns were only rushing four. And that that seems like a problem. Can, it's a problem, it but a problem. Uh, I I don't think it should be an overreaction just because you're facing Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett. You're facing a top three defensive end at absolute worst, and Jadavian Clowney wreaks havoc consistently because he is an absolute freakazoid athlete. He's yeah, just he's not a finisher. He's a setup guy. He always has been. Like I, I'm not going to overreact to that. I just wish that they would have adjusted to it and stopped, or at least helped out the tackles more. Like you, you have to at least do chips. Like I saw in the final drive, uh, Rashad Hill was going against Miles Garrett. Garrett got chipped. That was nice to see, but there was there wasn't nearly enough of that. It just felt like they were trying to run what they wanted to and not adjust to what the game flow and game script was showing them. That's fair. And Mary, it was a while back in the comments, but a great point as we were thinking about this team, and it's something we brought up a couple different times already. Hell, even the announcers were talking about it. Where was the urgency from this team when you're down by a touchdown and you're like the team playing to catch up? Like, those things, what do we put those on? Is that on Kirk? Because Kirk didn't really seem to be, like, have a, a lot of fire in him to get things really moving in a fast way. Zim didn't, like, it really did look at times that they thought they were playing for uh, a field goal to like or, kick or it a final win drive win instead of I, a touchdown yeah. to maybe get the win. I think you can blame Kirk partially for that. I'd give him about 17% of the blame and then 17% to each other captain. Where's the leadership on this team? Like we've, it's been a common talking point that this team does not have phenomenal leadership you know, uh, across the, the river with the Minnesota Wild, they completely gutted out their entire leadership. Got rid of Parisian Suter. Got rid of Miku Koivu. All the captains, all like the leaders in the locker room are completely new faces for the most part. And what happened? They seem to be on a winning path. All right. The Vikings, like you lost Everson Griffin after the, the 19th season. He was gone in 20 and now he's back in 21. Where's his voice in the leadership? Because he was kind of that vocal leader. But when you have guys like Harrison Smith, Kirk Cousins, like even Adam Thielen, those guys don't act exactly scream big vocal rah-rah kind of leader. And it's good to have those kind of people. But when you don't have 
one or two of those guys on your roster, that's really poor for your overall leadership because when you need a little bit of rah-rah, let's flip the hat upside down, rally monkey kind of stuff, it you see this. Like there, there was real no sense of urgency. And we know that I've had struggles with Mike Zimmer's in-game coaching. Like the schemer's great, but the uh, in-game stuff as a head coach, the decision-making has been kind of rough. And you can put some blame on him too because he should be the guy to be, hey, we need to go rah-rah. And he, it, nobody was that today. All right. I agree. I Michael, like touched you touched on all the things. You think it's ahead, uh, because head coach is a defensive coach. You can't say that when the most winning head coach in all of the NFL is a defensive guy. It's, no, it's not because he's a defensive coach. It's because he's, he's a great defensive coach. He is, he is poor at in-game management as a head coach. And I think right. those two things need to be separated. Mm-hmm. Doesn't bother me. He's a defensive coach. He struggles no. with game management, and he struggles with getting the offense right, or the amount of influence he exudes over the offense. It's either too much and it's wrong, or it's not enough when it should be there, and he should step in and change directions a bit. It's everybody has their flaws. Zimmer, obviously, his starts with an O. So. Well, I mean, on the positive, and I know no one really feels like being positive right now. I mean, you know, we, we did, you know, we, we lost to Cleveland. I think many of us looked at this game and thought it was a loss. But we have the Lions coming up. I mean, if we're looking ahead, maybe get right. I don't know. We got a week of shows coming up, though. Yes, we do. So we got a week of shows. Tyler will be back tomorrow. He will yes. have a chance to have watched the film digested these emotions and come back with some more level-headed takes on you know what actually happened out there not just what we feel happened about it but mm-hmm. yeah hey i was very level-headed today i was not that, that emotional hurt. i was i that was hurt. not screaming at anybody that that's gonna be I for mean, tomorrow baby. some people should have been script some people should have been screamed at but yeah tyler will be back tomorrow we'll be back on tuesday within the huddle vikings happy hour vikings hot takes two old bloggers Come back, join us every day, dropping shows, dropping pods. And uh, Rob, don't tell me that. I know we can't overlook the Lions. We're not a good team. We're not good enough to overlook anyone. But, mm-hmm. like, if we lose to the Lions and if we lose poorly to the Lions, that might be it. They might just pack yeah. Zim stuff right then and there and get him up out of here. But uh, that's it. That's all. That's the show. Everybody in the comments, as always, thanks for coming through. Thanks for hanging with us. And uh, if you're listening to this later on, thanks for listening. Join us live. It's a good time. It's a great community. Dave, play the music. Like you said, all the shows. You still have time because we come on first. You still have time to join your favorite post-game shows. I'm heading over to watch One Bar and Lupicus. Uh, then after that, probably catch the rest of the bitch fest over on um, <laughs> Score North. <laughs> But anyways, as always, skull. See you tomorrow night. Skull. Thanks for watching. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And if you're listening on your favorite aggregator, make sure you rate us. And always feel free to join the conversation here at Climbing the Pocket. Skull, everybody.